Hey y'all, I'm Kua. And this is Kendra. And this is the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI. Hey, cool. Hey, Kendra. It's been a minute. It's been a long, <laughs> it's been a long minute. Since April. Since, the, well, it was the end of April. End of April. End but of April. Now we're end of June. We are the end of June, but we've been busy. It's been a good couple of months. There's yeah. a lot of things moving, yeah. um, you know, a lot of moving parts to per- professionally, personally. Right, right. Um, a lot of things happening in this world, locally. It's just been great. It's been great. It's been... It's been a lot, though. It is. It's been a lot. Yeah, and we'll definitely dive in and digest all right. of that. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, we're excited um, because we have a guest on our podcast today. We're coming back in full force, y'all. We had to take a little bit of a break to tend to uh, some professional and personal yeah. needs, but we're back in action, and uh, we're excited to um, finish this season, and, and we have a lot planned for next season as well. Yes, yeah. So before we begin and dive right in, typically we dive into a hot topic, but our guest today, I'm pretty sure we'll have a lot to chime in and talk about, but I would no like... No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> I know. No pressure. Um, but we always have great conversations, so bring those conversations to the mic, and I'm excited for that. Um, but our guest today is Vince Clark. Hey. Can we get a promo? Hello, hello, hello. I know. We usually do. We normally do, but you know, I, I, we, you know, it's been since late. It's <laughs> exactly, exactly. We, we trying to get back in the swing of things. I know. So Vince, can you introduce yourself to the people? I absolutely can. It's uh, very jarring to be considered a guest anywhere in Buffalo. <laughs> uh, but uh, my name is Vincent Clark. Uh, I am home for a short visit. Uh, I am acquainted with you all from my time with the Buffalo Urban League, where I served yes. as the vice president for development and communications. I am in the people business. Hey, the, yes, you are. And uh, in all facets of my life, both from ministry um, uh, and also in my secular world, uh, where I work as a fundraiser. Uh, I hate to use that term because <laughs> uh, I'm a connector. I'm a bridge builder. Mm-hmm. And I connect people who uh, have a philanthropic interest with where their heart really is. Connection so, for the funds. Yes. Absolutely. I, I, I like pe- it. I connect people's to the uh, dollars. Dollars and their <laughs> heart with opportunities to have an impact. And That's so awesome. I'm in the people business and I'm glad to be here with you all. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Yes, Vince, you were my I don't know if you recognize this, but you were my first mentor with the Urban League because I remember coming in, jumping right in, during playing the soir- the soirees, and Vince would sit me down and be like, listen, you got to think about this event from A to Z. Literally will walk me Break through from coming into the parking lot to the, the time that you leave the event. So I appreciate that because I think about all those life lessons today. So thank you, Vince. Well, you took the training wheels off pretty quickly, so <laughs> I, I think I had a, a really good student. So yeah, awesome. happy to do it. Thank you. So we're going to jump in, and, and like Andrew said, usually we have a hot topic, um, but I think this discussion will lend itself well, um, because the last, I mean, honestly, we, we, we talk a lot about last year and the events that happened, you know, post-George Floyd's murder, uh, we talk about corporate social justice and organizations that are really hitting the ground running as it relates to their diversity, equity, and inclusion um, initiatives, but, you know, it's still June. It's mm-hmm. still June, which is Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Yes, happy Pride Month. Um, but it's also, we, we celebrate Juneteenth during the month of June. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of organizations, I think, 
have started to have even more conversations because recently it passed as a federal yes. holiday in the United States of America. So Juneteenth is now federally recognized. There's a lot of organizations who are um, now using that as an opportunity to take a day off, yes. right? Um, but then also a lot of organizations that are using Juneteenth as an opportunity to pledge to fight racism, mm -hmm. especially following uh, George Floyd's killing last year. Right. And right. honestly, you want to talk about another hot topic, George Floyd and, and the whole case around George Floyd, um, Derek Chauvin. Yes. The police officer who knelt on his neck for nine minutes. Right. Was recently sentenced. Right. So I think we got to throw that in here. We do. And he received, what was it, 22 and a half? 22 and a half, years. 23 years. Yeah. Um, but he can get out after 15. Oh, is I that? Oh, I don't even know that. I think, I think it after is. After 15? I think it is. Yeah. So, but to that point, though, you know, now everyone's saying, now what? Right? Yeah. There was the the trial, Derek Chauvin trial. Um, Juneteenth was passed as a federal holiday. But now what is next? I mm -hmm. was just having a conversation with someone this morning, and they were saying that this is a great opportunity for really companies to hop on to doing volunteer work, to really look into their own communities mm -hmm. in which they reside, mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. organizations reside, and what are they doing to make our communities a better place for people who are surrounding that area. Um, so, again, it is a day off, but now what, what are we doing? Yeah. And how are we pushing forth certain um, agenda items that we've had on the docket for years, police brutality, mm -hmm. voter suppression, mm -hmm. all these different things. It's like, okay, we can't stop the work now because Juneteenth is just a federal holiday. And people are criticizing. I mean, there, there's, there's both sides of the coin, right? Where people are really happy that finally it's being recognized on this level because it should have been recognized on this right. level um, a long time ago. But on the flip side of that, people are saying it's not enough. Y'all, mm -hmm. y'all gave us a day off, but what we were really asking for were all of these different things. And so I guess Vince, from your perspective, and I know, you know, you in your space, you're coming from, um, education, higher education. What does that look like? I guess from that perspective. And then what are your thoughts in general around Juneteenth, a day off versus all the other things that people have been asking for? Uh, it's a very interesting question when you ask, uh, <laughs> uh, now what? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. The reality, and from my perspective, is that the now what uh, and the answer to that question hasn't changed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not since the very beginning of this country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you all operate in and focus in the DEI space, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The now what challenge is always around economics. Mm -hmm. It always comes down to money. Yeah. It always comes out to money. And so with respect to DEI, we yeah. talk about equity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of folks are happy to talk about diversity. Yeah. You're it's right. It's easy. <laughs> because like we said, either you have it or you don't. It's a fact. It's a fact and it's yep. easy. Yeah. But in this country, when you start to talk about equity and inclusion, particularly as it relates to economics. Economics. Mm -hmm. Economic yeah. inclusion. Yeah. Economic equity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a an entirely different question, but that's ultimately what it always comes down to. So when we talk about celebrating Juneteenth, even when you talk about some gains and wins in mm -hmm. politics, some gains and some wins uh, in criminal justice reform mm -hmm. and police reform and things of that nature, really where the tension always mm. resides mm. is in economics. Mm. The money. And in this country, in this country, um, the racial construct that we spent a lot of time talking about mm -hmm. was employed for the sole purpose 
of protecting the economic construct. True. Ooh, that makes sense. Very true. Yes. And so people are always happy to have conversations about the racial concept. We think they, they, they don't. They're fine with talking about that until it gets to a point where you start to uh, deconstruct it because now they're exposed on the economic mm-hmm. construct mm-hmm. in this country. And so for me, when I hear you out, you all ask the question, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. I'm coming right back to where Dr. King was in 1968 with the Poor People's Campaign, mm-hmm. right? I'm I'm going I'm going right back to I mean you talked about you talk about uh, people like Andrew Yang who's talking about the universal basic income, income mm-hmm. right? Dr. King was talking about that in 1968, right? Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. Uh, it's all about economics, and so that's that's really where I am right now. And you can see that um, permanent that conversation permeates every facet of our our lives. And I don't mm-hmm. care if you're talking about um, uh, a college or university. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're talking about in the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're talking about in, in the government sector. Um, all of it is really dealing with um, money and who has it and whoever has it, it they are in control. Right. And we see that daily. Right. You talked about Martin Luther King. I've uh, introduced this this book to our kids at school, uh, Community or Chaos, Where Do We Go From Here? Yeah. Mm. And it's really deep, and they're like, Ms. Brim, why are we reading this? It's 2021. I'm like, because it is still relevant. It's still relevant. Everything that Dr. King is saying in this book is still relevant. And so how can we take this again? Now what? Where do we go from here? How can we take this and really implement it into 2021? And I did have a conversation about collective economics to them and what does it truly mean um, and this is when we talk about education, educating our kids. When we mm-hmm. went to school, mm-hmm. it was sit down, open this book, regurgitate what you what you read, do the test, you're done, graduate. Mm-hmm. But now we're having conversations about um, saving money. What does it mean to save money? What does it mean to bring on all your your the money that you have collectively from you know your friends, your siblings, whatever the case may be, and really build up that wealth? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to ha- to be homeowners? All these conversations that traditionally, I mean, I will speak for myself, we didn't have those conversations growing up. It was get a job, do what you need to do, be out on your own, raise a family, be done. And I think the conversation now has to switch. So like you said, it's always been now, now what, where do we go from here? But now we have to change the conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know. And I think a lot of the, I mean, I think that's why a lot of people are, are happy that it's being recognized on this federal level because it raises the profile in the conversation in general. Um, but also on the flip side of that saying, okay, we, we've gotten the celebratory and the heritage months down. We, we celebrate all these different things, but it doesn't equate to, I think what you were talking about, Vince, that, that, that flip as it relates to economics, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. Right. Like I don't feel any different in the Mm -hmm. position and place that I'm in. Right. And so how do we, I guess, as a community start to collectively have more of these conversations. Um, and I always think about, you know, we're in New York state. I, I, and this is random to say, but I'm thinking about, you know, the green rush and -hmm. this next opportunity that will be coming from marijuana legislation, the MRTA that's Mm -hmm. coming here. Like these are opportunities for our communities to start to shift our, our way of thinking and think about how do we collectively get into an industry that is not saturated to make right. sure that we're claiming our stake in that. Right. I think part of that too, is not to rely on necessarily the government to tell us how to move. Yeah. Um, we have to go and do our own research. 
um, because they aren't, they're only going to tell us what they want us to know. Mm-hmm. So we have to be inquisitive. We have to do our own research. Um, ask the, our, we have to ask the necessary questions. If we want to get into marijuana and what does that mean for me personally in terms of, you know, gaining wealth, Yeah, I need to go to someone outside of probably government to really get the real deal of how it's going to work. I think we have to, to be more curious as to what the next steps will be for that. I will say, I mean, and I give props where it's due because she, you know, wrote the bill, yeah. um, legislate, you know, legislated the bill, wrote the bill, um, and would not sign her own bill unless there was an equity component yes. to that. And that's the majority leader, uh, Crystal People Stokes, who, you know, I attended some of those seminars that she had where she was asking the public, look, if you've ever been convicted of some type of criminal um, offense mm-hmm. with marijuana, please come to these so we can help you turn that into a real business opportunity. And so, although I agree that, you know, we do need to be inquisitive and push that, there are people who are really yeah. saying the war on drugs impacted black and brown communities like no other. It was intended to do so. How do we now flip that as there are going to be opportunities that are coming? Right. And now, you know, you see a lot of the larger companies are not run by people of color, black people. It's mm-hmm. it's not. Right. And so I think, you know, before we actually uh, started recording, we always do this too. We, we <laughs> dive into other conversations. Um, but we were talking about in our own communities, how we're seeing other communities come into these communities and start to really make money and collectively put their money together and we're going to them instead of, you know, kind of supporting our own or, or coming up with business ideas that we can, you know, kind of launch in our communities. Well, I think part of the challenge for, for us is that we're always waiting for some uh, savior, big idea, grand gesture, government thing, and we bypass kind of the grassroots uh, micro um, conversations that are necessary and that kind of build a, a groundswell of of movement and mm-hmm. effort. Like it's amazing, it's amazing how many advancements we've experienced as a people that started from really, really simple and humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. In my in, in my lifetime, a lot of the conversations with respect to economics in particular and economic freedom. So when mm-hmm. people ask me what I want to be when I grow up, I say, I want to be free. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And when I say that, I'm what I'm really speaking to is e- economically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, like many people um, of color, I didn't grow up with money and I grew up with a misperception that wealth was the providence of certain people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they didn't look like me unless they could run fast or jump tall mm-hmm. or make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I came across a statistic that really blew my mind recently where it said that 75% of millionaires in America are self-made. Now, granted, uh, there are some uh, uh, <laughs> diving in yeah. there yeah. to figure out what yeah. you, how you define self-made, right? right? But I'm having breakfast with one of my mentors who's a self-made multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. And um, he and his wife have spoken openly about how they got there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are some very basic principles that they employed to get there that I then, that never heard of and I never uh, adopted myself. But when I learned it, I began to employ it for myself and see 
the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm having those conversations with my children. Right. And so even on today, earlier today, I was with my oldest son, Bailey, who's 22 years old, going to be 22 years which old. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. <laughs> and he's moving into his first apartment. Mm-hmm. And he's got a budget. He's got his investment portfolio. He's got his savings. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's employing at 21 and a half years old what took me 40 you know something years old to (laughs) to figure out and to understand and so to me that reinforced the importance we talk about collective uh, collective uh economics and how families kind of pull resources together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um to uh, help build wealth you know i think we've got to be very consistent and disciplined um and having transparent important conversations um in our households, in our social groups, in our professional circles, so that we're getting that information out to people who need to have it and need to see it and not be ashamed to also show the outcomes of our, right. uh, uh, you know, employment of those principles mm-hmm. in our own lives and not just on the consumerism side, yes. but on the wealth building side yes well he look he done said he right. met with these millionaire right. I'm, like, I'm like what wait, what, what's the what's the uh and what's the breakdown it's not, right. and it's not and it's not a secret right and uh, you know uh, others in the room I've, I've, <laughs> I've introduced to the same people i've introduced a lot of people to you know my mentor to say hey man i need to make sure y'all getting this information as well and i was going to say that like a lot of times we have to be introduced we talk about mentorship we talk about sponsorship mm-hmm. like making sure mm-hmm. you're being recognized in a room where you're not there certain things like that but like for people who don't necessarily know how to seek out a mentor for that specific thing because i know for me personally it's it's weird for me to go and seek out someone who I'm like, you know what? They're a multimillionaire. They got it. Can we talk about how did you get there? Can you break it down for me? That's something that I think a lot of our black and brown communities don't know how to even start to engage in those conversations. So then you can start to have those conversations with your kids and things like that. I think that's where, where the breakdown may be. And then other point that you had talked about is, you know, wealth. I think, the other part is that we have to really break down wealth versus income. A lot of people don't understand the difference between those mm-hmm. two. But before we get there, how do you even seek out a mentor to say, hey, I need help with my financial portfolio. Mm-hmm. And how did you get where you're where you're at today? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for me, um, in, in my job, I'm a fundraiser. So mm-hmm. I was going to I'm seeking out people who have capacity all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not just seeking out people who have capacity so I can get a gift for the uh, charitable organization that I represent. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in the information I'm going to receive. And so I personally gain value from those relationships. That's why I like to say I'm in the people business Mm -hmm. because um, that gift is going to do what it's going to do. But what I'm going to personally gain is the relationship and the information I'm going to gain from that relationship. And so, um, so that's part of it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of a cheat code. But these people are hiding in plain sight amongst oh, us. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we don't pay attention to them. We're yeah. not going to have this conversation. I always w- worry about that in this kind of social media kind of digital relationship world, uh, where we are closer than we've ever been, but further than we've ever been at the same time. If you mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, not have enough real appreciation for how you establish and nurture relationships with people in a real and deep and meaningful way. 
Um, and so when you talk about on a grand scale, what's next? Juneteenth. Um, what's you no know, not okay? Now what? Oh, oh, economic equity, economic inclusion, uh, answering those questions that have always been at the heart of the tension in America. But we can't get the basic things down in terms of building relationships in a meaningful and deep mm, way yeah. so that we can share information that can empower each other in, in, you know, in our own community to build up our own community and right. empower ourselves. Like to me, uh, and maybe it sounds Pollyannish to some folk, but to me, I've seen it in, you know, in place. I've seen like people who are younger than me. I, you know, I'm impressed. Like, I don't know if y'all know Shamari James or whatever, but like, you know, he's built. A, he, oh yeah. He wanted to have a, a impact in, in the school and his, we actually share one of the same, you know, share a mentor. But he took those principles, he's applied it, mm-hmm. and now he's giving back. And he's built, he's built a school where he lives mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, DMV area mm-hmm. that's focused on economic empowerment. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've seen it work, you right. know, in a real way. And now he's working on, co- on cooperative economics. So now he's, yeah. he's started a social media page for people who are interested in investing and Mm-hmm. Wealth, mm-hmm. wealth, you know, mm-hmm. building wealth. And then he used that platform, which I'm a part of. He's used that platform to recruit people who have some capacity to say, okay, what can we do to rebuild our community and start buying b- back our own blocks and buying commercial real estate yeah. and, 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 and establishing businesses? Answering the question of now what? The answer, answer to the question of now what is, in my estimation, is economic is economic freedom is what we is when you talk about forty acres in the mule. Mm-hmm. When you talk about the poor people's campaign, we no, no matter where you are in the history of this country, the answer to the to any freedom movement, mm-hmm. response to any freedom movement, the heart of any freedom movement has been economics. Yeah, it's been economics. And if we're not having those conversations, if we're not pushing that agenda, if we're not sharing that information then we'll always come back to the question of, okay, now what? Right. And I got to give, you know, I think generate, and I always talk about generations, right? Mm -hmm. And and how in the workforce, there's all these different generations at play and um, the way that we approach our work, societal events that have shaped us in terms of how we approach our work. As much as, you know, because, I mean, we're millennials, right? So we always get the bad rep. Oh, y'all all wanted a trophy and, you know, a participatory trophy and you didn't win or whatever, but... I have to give our generation and newer generations the credit of actually that information sharing that you're talking about, right? Like I think about social media and although it it does dampen, I think some of um, our generation's ability to make meaningful relationships because we're so used to these bite-sized messages or whatever, but the amount of information, talk about information age Mm -hmm. that we're sharing around, you know, like, and I always make fun because TikTok is something that I'm not really, you know, involved in. My friends will send me TikToks. I downloaded the app just so I could open them easier. But there's a whole financial component on TikTok that teaches you specific information around, you know, the best way to run your business or, you know, developing your LLC and, you know, tax implications and what those things mean. And, you know, on social media, I follow Earn Your Leisure. Mm -hmm. That's another podcast that breaks down how people did what they did and they look like us. Yes. And it's like, you know, it's, there's guides there to kind of show you what you should be doing. So to your point, it's getting that information and sharing it, but now there's a way to do that simply through 
social media media and your phone at your fingertips and sharing that info. And so I think our generations have started to do more of that sharing and allowing people to know more. I mean, right now, and I didn't, you know, talk about TikTok. These black creatives have boycotted because they're on a strike because all the dances and things that they've done that other people have, you know, monetized off of, they said enough is enough. If we don't give you the content, what y'all going to do? Right. And so you see kind of that vacuum happen. And so from a collective standpoint, I think it's going to be interesting, I think, in the next, you know, five to 10 years in, in terms of where we go from here. But I do think that we have been taking that information and sharing it amongst more people right. versus you think about some of the older folks kind of keeping some of that information and not right. not sharing. And, I, you know, we talk about this all the time mm-hmm. as it relates to um, just, I don't know, like this this area to a certain extent where people they pass away in their roles, yeah. right? They're not necessarily looking for the successor and bringing that person up. So when you talk about your mentor and getting that information and passing that down to your children and passing that down to other people, um, you know, amongst us, I think that's what we really need to focus on is, right. is that information sharing. Right. And, and I read an article recently too. I'm always reading articles, random articles, <laughs> but I read an article recently that came through my phone, think through the through USA Today or New York Times, one of those. Um, but it was talking about how we're, how it feels as if we're living in the second Jim Crow era because Hmm. we are as a black and brown community, we are more empowered than ever collective economics, certain things that are happening. We're gaining access, but we're also threatening privilege and power. And so Hmm. with that, you're starting to see more bills and laws passed that kind of Hmm. suppresses some of that harder access to get certain things, different things like that. And so this author was opinion based, but this author has said, you know, she challenged us to think maybe we're living in the second Jim Crow era. And what are those implications? I just found it really interesting about that. But as we start to um, move in these different spaces, as we start to talk about money, as we start to, to gain more, we're also going to probably hit be hit with more opposition hmm. because we are threatening something that's institutionally been in place for years. Absolutely. And uh, again, because all of those constructs are designed to protect the economic construct in this country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's something um, uh, cruelly ironic about uh, Juneteenth and the idea that, uh, you know, June 19th, uh, 1865, we uh, in Galveston, Texas, those, those <laughs> individuals find yeah, out two years. Those those individuals two years later. Yeah, two years after. Yeah. Our 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 ancestors were emancipated right. on paper. Right. Mm-hmm. We're informed that on paper, they were free. Yeah but they had no paper Mm -hmm. to be free on paper, but have no paper Mm -hmm. leads them into sharecropping, right? Mm -hmm. Another economic system to try to hold on to economic power Mm -hmm. from people who built this country. And so here we are after all those years, now some hundred and 50 some odd years later and we have these advances here and we have had a black president even and all these other quote unquote advances. We've come so far Mm -hmm. and and we're more free on paper than we've ever been. Mm -hmm. 
but we are still tw- two times uh, more likely to be in poverty than our white counterparts. Mm-hmm. Even though poverty, the poverty rate uh, for black Americans has gone down like in half. I think it was at 40, uh, 40% before 2008. It's now about 18% in the United States of America. Still twice, ne- nearly twice the amount of our white counterparts. Um, uh, so, you know, so there has been some progress, but there is uh, a very um, rabid um, effort mm-hmm. uh, to use all of these tools like politics and government and and a distortion of political process, distortion of the uh, legal process uh, to try and protect the economic contract in this country. And uh, if we are not being... Uh, disciplined and focused and unified in our conversation and our education around um, around the economic contract in this country, around wealth creation in this country, uh, to the point where it's at a micro level, a social level, where your, your girlfriend um, tells you she bought a new car and she's so excited to uh, show you her new car and you're like, oh, wow, have you paid off your student loans yet? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Oh no, those are going to be with me forever." No, maybe then we probably should have, you know, we probably should have um, paid off those student loans first and gotten a car that you saved up some money for and yeah. paid that in cash, and not thrown thirty thousand dollars at a depressed asset. Yeah, and then and then watch her face like, oh, "What? Yeah, <laughs> right?" Or yeah. him, "What?" Because at at that level, you, you are sharing the information that's going to lead to them to actually be free, not only on paper, but to actually have paper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And if we're not taught, that's what it's all about. And yes, there's there's the universal basic income. Yes, there's the government resources that folks are hoping are more, um, uh, more uh, fairly distributed and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, and all that has to be advanced too. But there is a lot that we can, could be and should be doing um, in in our own social network, yeah, in our own sphere of influence, yep. to free people, to free people. I don't know the exact number. Maybe you all have the exact number of the number of um, enslaved Africans that Harriet Tubman f- uh, led to freedom, mm-hmm. but it wasn't everybody. Mm-hmm. She well, you know, she said too, like if only she could convince, you know, others that they were. Enslaved, enslaved that they yeah. she could have you know freed them in, right. in that in that mind frame but i think even in that that notion um it's interesting because i think back to generations right and shifting and these student loans are the new i, I guess the new um you know barrier and obstacle in a lot of people recognizing that freedom that you're talking about mm-hmm. and so when you think about the racial wealth gap it, it was created, and you talk about these governmental programs and um, some of these things that had been exclusionary from people that look like us, where the GI Bill happened, right? And then oh, yeah. they, they gave um, all these folks that were coming back from the war an opportunity. You couldn't just buy out, buy, right. outright buy a house. So they came up with these different programs, and they gave it to people that did not look like us. So they started to build wealth at a very early age, and they passed that down to their children. And they, they passed those down from their children to the next generation um, and then there was also when we did get some opportunity, these subprime loans that came around and yep. really interrupted um, our ability to own. And there were really bad loans for us and, and put us in this position. But I think about how much we'd had to overcome, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. adversely overcome um, 
that I, I just, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't say, you right. know, because I feel like we can simplify it. But there's a lot to that. There's a lot to that. And then the we look at black women in America and how we are becoming some of the most educated in America, but you still are helping that last generation. So it's not like right. you're always inheriting, you know, from your parents, unless you're blessed to do so. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we helping out our parents, parents right. and, and other people on that level. And so when they talk about like kind of the zeroing, zeroing out of, of wealth and, and putting us all in that same playing field, we're so much more further behind because we didn't get those things passed down from, uh, you know, to us in our generation. And so, you know, now we got to look at multiple streams of income. Now we got to look at other opportunities because even home ownership right now, it's a seller's market, a, baby. Oh my goodness. And, and, and I, and I, <laughs> and I want to be clear too, because uh, cool, you make wonderful points and I agree a hundred percent with what you said. Uh, where I'm coming from, however, is dealing with the question at hand and that's the now what part. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So yes, I mean, I live on Long Island. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I drive past Levittown all the time. Yep, yep, yep. My one of my um, uh, colleagues who works with me at the university uh, bought a home a few years ago. Mm -hmm. She's a white woman. Uh, she's in her early thirties now, and her and her husband bought a home uh, on Long Island. Their deed still had um, language in it that required. The, the uh, evidence that the homeowners or the ones looking to buy the home had to prove that they're white of white wow interest. wow wow they had to, actually had to have their attorney strike that information wow from the so that's crazy continue. wow right so and that's just what maybe three years ago wow so so yes yeah absolutely yeah where i'm at right now is in responding to the question right which we're we're, we're, we're talking about in terms of, okay, well, now what? Mm -hmm. Because guess what? There will always be efforts yep. by those who are in control and in power Dominance. and benefit yeah. from yeah. the economic construct of this country historically to hold on to it by any means necessary. Right, mm -hmm. right. The now what part is what we always grapple with, both in terms of large-scale efforts mm -hmm. and then the micro uh, uh, efforts to um, to advance the ball a little bit further mm -hmm. as we go along, and some of that is public policy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some of that uh, is in the legal system and fighting mm -hmm. legal battles. Where I'm at in answering the question around now, what mm -hmm. is in what can we do amongst ourselves within our own spheres of influence mm -hmm. that is real. And that is, uh, that is doable. That's right. here. I never. Right. I grew up in abject poverty. My parents never made more than sixteen thousand uh, dollars in their lives, mm -hmm. and uh, raised a family with eight children. I come from a family of ten, mm. and never. I never thought or considered being wealthy ever. And I'm a. I'm a minister. I don't. I don't praise money. Right. I don't worship mm -hmm. money. I don't have a love for money. But. I do understand, and I don't want to get too preachy on y'all, but I, I, don't I take this to church. church. You do you have, have a word. You, you, like, you do have church. a preacher holding a microphone, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> you're at your own risk. But I, I preached a sermon um, uh, a few months back uh, that was entitled The Urgency of Profitability. Hmm. Um, and in Matthew chapter 25, 
uh, there is a, a master who gives three servants talents. To one he gives five, to one he gives two, to one he gives one. Mm-hmm. Once, one with five, scripture says that, and he went at once to put the money to work. Hmm. And I really grounded that sermon in the, he went at once, which to me spoke to the urgency hmm. that was connected to his stewardship of the talent. Mm-hmm. The one with two followed suit, the one with one buried it. And then they had to uh, be held to account when the master came back to say, well, what did you do with the money? What did you do with what I gave you? Mm-hmm. And so what I'm talking about is stewardship. And, I, I, you know, I've, gone to, I've already gone too, too far into it, but <laughs> that's where I am. So I never wanted to be wealthy until I realized how obtainable it is even when you don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's more difficult when you don't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. but it's attainable. And as we sit here today, only 44% of African Americans uh, have a retirement account, an IRA. Um, and uh, an even lesser percentage um, maximize, even if they have a, a, co- a company or employer that matches it. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to have these conversations. Yeah. yeah. And we need to have a conversation about the choices that we make on a consumer side that sacrifice yes. our financial stability and freedom. Yep. And yes, I'm a, I'm, I have that conversation fully aware of the inequities in our, in our right. system baked in the cake. Right. Yes, I have that conversation fully aware that there, that we, there's a, a wage suppression and a wage inequality when it comes to uh, black and brown folks and our white counterparts, uh, and especially when you deal with black women and, 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 and others and, and, and women across the board, but especially with even African-American women and the wage uh, differential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I'm aware of all those inequalities. Where I'm at right now in answering the question of now what? And you talk about Juneteenth and emancipation and freedom. I'm at what are we going to do at the micro level to make sure that we're not just free on paper, mm-hmm. but that we have paper. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. How I, we get, no, we that's just it. Wrapped it Look, up. we ain't we ain't <laughs> we jumping into nothing no. else. I think the the only thing that I will pose, I guess, to all of us to think about too is, you know, in this pursuit of this financial freedom that we talk about. Um, I, I always, I, I got to bring it back to joy too, right? Like, because um, oftentimes we get buried deep in, you know, the attaining. Mm-hmm. We're, we're trying to attain. We're trying to bring more on. Um, but there's something to be said about, about joy. About joy. You know, it's funny because when you were um, talking about, talking about this, you know, free on paper, but not having paper and made me think of the Kanye lyric. Yeah. Like I spent 300 bucks on this just to be like, you ain't up on this. Right. And there is a certain joy that I think we get from flexing because consumerism, from it consumerism. is, it consumerism. is consumerism, but it's also like, shoot, let me, can I enjoy some of my, you know, and add a little social media on there, especially now people flex. Right. Well, <laughs> right. And flex to the point of scamming too. Cause a lot of, there's a lot yeah. of that out there, but I think, you know, you you ended it yeah. in a really great way. Um, and we do have to really pay more attention to how we get there in the journey. And so the now what is, you know, us collectively coming together. Right. 
putting our dollars together, buying, you know, buying the block. Buy the block. And what does that entail? Education, conversation, things like that. I know. And like, access to info. Yes, access to info. I know when when you when you do consulting, I know at the end you always say, what are you going to start doing? What are you going to stop doing? What are you going to continue doing? Right. And those are things that I post back to the audience, too. What can you start doing today? What can you stop doing? And what will you continuously do to attain that wealth that you're that you're looking for? Yeah. Well, I, we we're going to put you on the spot. Because we, and I don't know, we, we look, it's been April, since April 29th. Yes. Usually we have a little bit more cohesive, but we could, we getting back y'all. We coming <laughs> back. Um, we always end with a gem of the day or a gem of the week. We ask our guests to kind of drop some gem. You dropped a lot of gems throughout the conversation, but um, you know, if you need a little bit of time, I'm going to point to Kendra and she going to go first. Go, no, you can go first. <laughs> I always go first. Well, like, y'all go first. Because I was put on the spot when I was asked to uh, to be here today. Hey, yes, hey, sir. hey! And but you always a natural, that. though, we Vince. That. Uh, you always you're always a natural. I, I always try to show up for y'all when y'all ask me. But I wanna I wanna get the flavor by watching you all and now. All right, Kendra. Akua. You look. okay? So I would say what my my gem is, um, and I don't. It's not that I'm dropping gems, but something that you you talked about joy mm. and uh, making sure that you have joy in your life. We're talking about Juneteenth, and I was able to witness um, the Freedom Walkers, including Jamil, mm. who's in the room today, um, come back into Buffalo with witnessing their last mile from mm. 902 miles, mm-hmm. and that just brought me. Joy. I know it was hard. I know it was long. Um, but that just brought me joy. I mean, the celebration in the street, the yeah. pride yeah. that we had as a culture, um, seeing other people and cultures could just come together and just witnessing joy. Yeah. Celebration. And that was something that warmed my heart. And it actually brought tears down my eyes mm. because or down my face because I, I was just like, wow, you know, this is just beautiful to see. So Talk about joy. That's my my gem. That that was what brought me happy, happiness in the past couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah. It's not a gem, but that's still a gem. That's still a gem. Um, I guess I'm gonna thinking about you know coming from the space of healthcare. Um, after a year like last year, and we had conversations around uh, coronavirus. We had conversations around um, vaccines and and um, getting people access to that because we were disproportionately impacted in communities of color. But I guess, you know, for Juneteenth this year, my, my company, we did kind of a health promotion event um, to get people to be talking about their health. And I think after a year like last year, I guess my gym is go to the doctor, y'all. Go to the doctor. Literally check in um, not only on the physical health, but your mental health as well. After going through such a trying year, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're in summertime. We, we've been seeing a lot of these rates around I mean, even some of the crimes and the and the things that have been happening um, at an increased rate, y'all got to check in with yourselves, mm-hmm. you know, check in with your mental health and really um, take an opportunity just to make sure the people in your life around you are good, mm-hmm. you know, because it's been it's been a crazy year. So, you know, check in. For me, uh, thank you for that. Um, I, I, it's really about urgency. Mm. Um, the pandemic uh, taught us a lot, um, and it taught me a lot about urgency. That sometimes we walk through life uh, with um, uh, uh, with a, a lack of appreciation for the fact that we're giving, uh, we're all given this very specific amount of time 
Hmm. None of us know how much we have, and we take for granted that we'll have tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And after so much death, I I I, I came to uh, urgency, hmm. um, urgency with my finances and being financially free. Urgency with spending time with loved ones. Mm. Urgency with my health. I, I ended up uh, losing fifty four pounds. Go ahead. I still have a little bit more. To, you know, a little you. more to go. I wish we had a burp, 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 burp. right. Um, you know, <laughs> so just urgently. Yes, love it, love it. Awesome. Well, Vince, thank you so much for coming on short notice, but My you pleasure. you had our yes. back. My pleasure. Um, Always show up and show out. Right, pleasure. exactly. But we uh, enjoy the conversation today and I you know we're gonna be coming back y'all we yes we got some ideas we do we do and so. we're gonna be connecting with the people so people connector people connect exactly going see, back full to circle full circle yes all right well we see y'all next week bye peace hey y'all thanks for tuning in to another episode of the black gems dive in podcast make sure you rate and subscribe on all of the major streaming platforms including apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, and stitcher make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at black gems dive in on twitter and instagram and at black gems dive in podcast on facebook